Hello and welcome to The Lowdown, Carers Links podcast for unpaid carers in Eastern Bartonshire. My name's Katie and I'm your host. Today, I'm joined by Ian MacDonald, who is the Money Talk Advisor at Eastern Bartonshire's Citizens Advice Bureau, and who is going to give us the lowdown on things we can do to help cope with the cost of living crisis, which we are all living through just now and which doesn't uh, show much sign of decreasing certainly over the next few months. So Ian, do you want to give a brief introduction about yourself and, and what you do? Yeah, sure, Katie. Thanks for inviting me on today. Um, I work as a, a Money Talk Advisor at Citizens Advice and basically what uh, Money Talk Advisors do is offer, for want of a better term, a financial health check service which includes uh, income maximization um, looking at uh, clients and see that they're receiving all the entitlements that uh, they should be getting so effectively a benefit check but also looking at areas such as reducing outgoings such as energy bills mobile phone bills etc and uh, part of my sort of role of the from the broader gap cab services is within the sort of money advice uh, and debt sort of uh, sector, but CAB provides service across a broad range of subjects. Um, the key areas being, as I've already mentioned, money advice and debt, but also on housing, you do homelessness, to do with arrears and council tax, to do with utilities in general, you know, it could be supplier disputes, uh, it could be, again, tied in with debt and uh, you know, grant availability and so forth. And possibly the, the biggest uh, sector that we get inquiries on um, over all others is to do with benefits. So the eligibility checks, you know, help to claim support, uh, you know, and you know, dispute resolution with uh, the likes of the DWP as well. So it's a broad range, covering a broad range of uh, subjects, matters, and it's not exclusively those four, four areas that we deal with. We get lots of consumer inquiries as well to do with, um, you know, consumer complaint issues over product uh, purchases. So, you know, basically, I think uh, if you have a query come to CAB, if we don't know the answer, we'll probably know somebody that does know the answer and be able to sort of uh, refer you onwards or signpost you to uh, somewhere where you can get the answer you're looking for. Yeah, and one of the things I, I just want to add in there, because I quite often refer people to, to CAB about this, is helping with uh, filling out the form for a blue badge if you need um, just parking yeah we do that comes within sort of uh, the sort of benefit sector we do quite a lot of uh, that's to help to claim aspect you know it's helped to come for blue badges it could be helped to claim for a tenants allowance or carers allowance or universal credit any of the uh, major benefits so either your contributory based or means tested benefits that are available uh, to clients we can help with their applications that's an interesting point there, actually, because I always think of benefits as when I refer people about benefits, about um, just income money. But it is about other benefits as well that you might be entitled to, such as you know, blue badge parking. So it's not purely financial. No, it's not always financial. Most of them are financial, but uh, 
you know, certain benefits are gateways to other benefits that are not necessarily uh, financial. You know, universal credit, for example, you know, once you get that, uh, it opens up other avenues uh, for the client to, to explore. Okay. So, and that's a, a very good overview of what CAB does. And, and I certainly would, as someone who does refer there, I would encourage anyone who's got any queries or questions to either you can refer you from Keras link or you can contact uh, CAB directly and I will put the contact details uh, in the show notes if you want to, to give them a call. So going back to the more specific topic of the, the cost of living crisis, what do we mean? It seems to be a, a term now that's banded around a lot. What costs are going up? What cost of living is, is changing? I think it's... Um... This really need a great deal of explanation, Katie. The cost of living crisis it's, it's quite straightforward. The cost of daily essentials is increasing at a much faster rate than people's income uh, is increasing. So that means what was affordable before is less so, and uh, people have are having to make difficult choices uh, on what to uh, prioritise. You know whether that's you know eating or heating. I think is a phrase that's been commonly bandied around. Uh, uh, the media and as it's energy, primarily oil and gas, that are the main drivers uh, of this crisis. It's uh, impacting across uh, just about every product you can or service you can think of. You know, but certainly any product or service that has an energy cost in the price mix is going to be impacted, and uh, consumers will see uh, a difference in terms of price increases. It's not just one or two items that are going up; it's such a across a broad range of uh, people's uh, daily essentials. I think that's why people are recognising it as a crisis and not just um, you know, a, a blip mm -hmm. in one or two particular products. So, yeah, I think uh, cost of living crisis does fairly represent what we're going through just now. Yeah. So I, I asked the staff at Carers Link what kind of things, because obviously we support carers specifically, mm. on, you know, what kind of things they thought that might affect carers, which wouldn't necessarily affect um, other people. And they came up with things like the, the costs of, of running um, additional equipment that you might have to do. Um, it might be the person's got special dietary requirements. One specific example was a gentleman who used to come across to one of our carer groups. He used to travel across Eastern Bartonshire um, mm -hmm. and the cost of petrol is, it means that he may not be able to do that anymore. So can you think of any other things that you are experiencing people coming to you about the particular, you know, specific kinds of increases in costs? Well, I mean, most of the inquiries we get relate to just straightforward energy uh, costs and not uh, being a able to afford eating their homes or cooking their meals. But uh, I do recognise that it's a particularly acute problem for those in fixed incomes, which would include a great many of the carers that you help and support. Uh, and it makes it increasingly difficult for them uh, to keep pace with the increase in prices. So I, I do recognise that. Um, you know, there are certain costs which you've mentioned that cannot be compromised successfully if they require, are required to sustain you know, life, for example, you know, you know, machinery requires constant uh, supply of electricity. You know, how do people cope with that energy? You know, people talk about, uh, you know, well, I can cut down on the telly, put that off standby, you know, can turn the heating down a degree or two. All of these things that uh, are, are fine, but if you need the electricity uh, to sustain uh, sort of a life, and, you know, heat to sustain life, it's, um, it can be uh, particularly challenging in these times. 
Yes, I think it's it's very true. I mean, yes, if you if you need the machine to help you breathe yeah. or whatever, then then you can't. And that's one of the just popped into my head this question actually. So we we're talking about potentially if we go back to the days of the seventies where you did your electricity got turned off. Are, are there any anything that means that someone who has got life preserving equipment would not get their energy turned off? Is there any way of is there anything people should do to alert? Yeah, I mean, they should contact if you, you do need electricity for life support, you would be deemed a, a vulnerable client or vulnerable customer by your energy supplier and you should um, contact your supplier if you already haven't done so uh, to be put on their priority services register. That tends to insulate you from um, being cut off. And, you know, energy companies should do all they can to avoid uh, cutting people off. And from my experience, they don't tend to cut people off are on the, the PSR, the Priority Services Register. So if you do have a disability, you do need you know, electricity for life support, or if you've got young kids uh, in the household, you know, under five, make sure you've contacted your energy supplier and um, ensured that you're registered under the PSR scheme. Yeah, okay, thank you. That, so that wasn't a question I had intended to ask, but just popped into my head as we were chatting. So... <laughs> so We've talked about costs that you potentially can't cut down on, but what could carers do to minimise any of these extra costs that, that they're experiencing? It's a challenging one. I'm sure most of them are already uh, sort of, they know what their, their outgoings are and where they need to, to cut the costs. So it will be different for different uh, individuals. I'm sure a number of them are looking at how they lower their food costs, whether that's uh, going from branded to own label or going from a more expensive supermarket to one of the, the cheaper supermarkets there, or it's a case of cooking in bulk and sort of uh, freezing uh, food so that uh, that cuts down in uh, energy usage. You know, it's a, it's a very challenging thing to advise uh, people on, you know, because it's, you don't want to come across as uh, condescending because um, many of them are probably trying they're hardest to uh, reduce costs. Things like we advise people with uh, mobile phones, for example, to try SIM-only packages if they can. You know, if, when their contract comes to their end, you know, we talk about free or discounted TV licenses that are available to certain sectors of the society. So there are various things individuals can do. But I suppose that because energy is the biggest uh, driver of these costs, the energy efficiency uh, is probably the area that we were, were advising most on at, at this moment in time. And that can take a, a broad range of, you can actually find it easily going onto our website or a good site is Home Energy Scotland, which you can go on to in terms of uh, getting energy efficiency advice and even talk to them about what support there might be available, depending on your circumstances. There may be grants, you know, to replace boilers that are inefficient or, you know, heating systems that are inefficient or to improve insulation. Um, so householders, uh, I will qualify it there, householders that either privately rent or own or occupiers, council rented um, households should actually contact their council for these type of things. But these sites are, are good to see what financial support and grants might be available to help improve efficiency, you know. Um, but there are a number of things that uh, people can do to reduce their, their energy costs, you know, uh, such as I mentioned earlier about switch off standby. 
it's estimated that these are not huge figures, but every little bit helps. It estimates that it'll save you about £55 per annum. You know, a ton of lights so you're not uh, using the room. Use washing machines on 30 degree cycles. Avoid using your tumble dryer if you can. Set your fridge between three and five degrees and defrost the freezer regularly so it's not using up too much energy. Fill up your dishwasher. Don't use it on a half load or whatever. Fill it up. Don't overfill the kettle, shower, uh, instead of taking baths. So there's a whole raft of things. And some people will use even things like uh, immersor heaters to heat the water. If you're doing that, only use it for a couple of hours a day because that should be sufficient to last you for the rest of the day. So don't keep it on all day to heat your water. There's a number of things and actions that people can take uh, individually, which on their own may not seem to make much of a difference, but collectively can make some of a difference. I'm not saying it's going to address uh, the energy costs that people are facing at this moment in time. Increases that we're seeing are, are astronomical. And so they will make a difference, but they won't resolve uh, uh, the overall problem. Yeah. So although you can minimise expense as much as possible, it's, uh, it's also maximising income. So that was kind of the next uh, that I want to, to come on to. The, there are a number of benefits that are available and there's also, it's almost it's like almost every day on the news you hear about a new scheme that the government's coming up with for giving you a bit of money for this or a bit of money for that. Keeping up to date with it is, is quite tricky, but I don't know if you could give us the latest. Keeping up to date is very tricky on it now. It's so tricky I've had to write most of it down, you know, to remind myself of um, all the different schemes that are out there and they, they, they keep changing as well, which doesn't uh, help. But I suppose my sort of first, bit of advice in terms of maximising income is a lot of um, carers will be on, on benefits or the person they're caring for uh, is on benefits. So I would always advise just to get a benefit check done in the, the first instance, uh, just to make sure that uh, you're claiming all the entitlements that's uh, due to you. And that can be done in a number of uh, sites. You can come to CAB and we can do it for you, or you could uh, go online and use the Turn to Us benefits calculator is a very good um, way of uh, finding out if you're uh, entitled to benefits. If you are of your working age, you could be entitled to universal credit or employment support allowance or tax credits or housing benefit, council tax reduction, PIP, ELA. You know, there's a whole range of uh, means-tested benefits. If you have kids, uh, there's obviously the child benefit, but the Scottish child payment, if you've got, that's £20 a week. If you've got any children under six, uh, you know, child disability payments, best start grants, school meals and uniforms. And if you're of a state pension age, you know, it's the obvious ones such as uh, attendance allowance and uh, pension credit, which you need to check to see if you're eligible for or entitled to. And obviously, you know, things like carers allowance, which I'm, I'm sure you're your staff are very well aware of um, to ensure that, uh, that that's been applied for or the Young Carers Grant, uh, uh, if that's uh, applicable, you know, if you've got a carer that's 16 to 18 years old, they should be applying for that. But there's a whole range of uh, benefits, uh, the obvious benefits that are out there, which you should be 
checking the, to see if you're eligible for and if you are and you haven't applied for, as I said earlier, your help to claim team can help you uh, apply for uh, for such benefits. But in terms of the, the recent additions, you know, I'll just go through them one by one. Um, if you have any questions on them, Katie, you know, please fire away. I'll try and answer them the best I can. Uh, there's obviously the Energy Bills Support Scheme, which is the one-off £400 payment that every household should be receiving, uh, which starts from October and is again, paid, I think, over a six-month period. And it's if you're on direct debit, uh, it's, it's something in the region of £66 gets taken off your uh, bill. If you're on a prepayment meter, you your meter should get credited uh, with that amount on a, a monthly basis. So that's the first one that's available to, to everyone. Um, there's also the £650 cost of living payment for those on a means-tested benefit, such as universal credit, as I mentioned, income support if you're on a legacy benefit, you know, tax credits or pension credits, if you're in any of these uh, benefits, amongst others, you'd be entitled uh, to that payment, which is made in two instalments, and you're entitled to it if you're receiving one of those benefits during the qualifying week. If you're a pensioner, there's a one-off £300 pensioner cost of loan payment, which um, coming out oh, at the same time as your winter fuel allowance, uh, which is an allowance that uh, anyone that's on sort of state pension at a particular time would be and was born before a certain year uh, would be entitled to. So if they're already receiving the winter fuel allowance, they'll automatically get the £300 pensioner cost of living payment. For those with a disability um, benefit, you know, whether it's PIP or DLA, or there's a £150 disability cost of living payment. Yeah, that's coming out on September, so that's just next month. So that's one of the earlier ones then? Yeah, so that's one of the earlier ones. Um, and obviously there's the child winter heating assistance. Uh, that's for households that you know, have a, a child that's on a, a disability uh, benefit. Uh, that is a normal payment of about £214, um, you know, in the, for any children under 19, and that is paid if you've got one of those benefits in the qualifying period, which is the third week of September. So that's another one that's uh, maybe many of your sort of clients uh, will be eligible for. So as, a, as I say, there's a, a whole list of various benefits that are coming out. Some will be, most of them will be automatic. So you don't have to sort of claim for them. Uh, but you just need to be aware of them and make sure that uh, you're in receipt of them because if not, you, you need to flag it up. And I think also you need to, that it makes it even more important that you're getting all the benefits that you're entitled to because obviously some of those you're talking about, you have to be on pension credit or universal credit or whatever. So if you're entitled to that, you, you would really want to be getting onto that as soon as possible so you're there for the qualifying period. Yes, yeah, for things like universal uh, uh, credit, um, if you are entitled to it, make sure you're getting it because that's it's a gateway or qualifying benefit for, for lots of uh, the other benefits that, uh, that are available out there at this moment in time. Yeah, so even if you're not getting that much more directly by being on universal credit, it, mm -hmm. there are other things that it can yeah. it can help get you get. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, 
so many people, particularly older people, I think, will say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just about managing. Or I think for a lot of them now, this is actually is going to push them over the edge. And, and hopefully they will now apply and get that th- th- it's an entitlement. It's not anything that they're not due. That's what I think people don't always realize. So my, my plea to you out there is, you know, get in contact with CAB and, and, and see whether you can, there is anything that can help you to minimize the impact that the cost of living crisis will have on you. So I think we're coming to the end, unless there's anything else that you can think of, Ian, that might be useful to say to people. Yeah, I think it's important with this cost of living crisis, there's probably a debt time bomb just ticking in the background that's going to explode at any point. And it's just to make uh, people aware that if clients do or carers do get into to debt and don't know where to go, you know, CAP services here at uh, we have uh, approved money advisors that um, can help them uh, through the process. And particularly if they've got energy debt, they can contact their supplier uh, to see about you know, spreading repayments or you know, depending on the level of the debt and, and the supplier, you know, they've got hardship funds that can be applied for and certainly CAB can help that process as well. There's also government-supported uh, schemes, such as the Home Heating Support Fund, where uh, they can help out customers or clients that uh, are, are really struggling uh, with debt. They may not be able to clear the debt, but they could certainly maybe reduce it uh, to a level where any sort of repayments uh, become a bit more affordable. But I suppose the, the main message is don't bury your head in your sand if uh, you get debts. Make a list of your, your debts with the detail. Contact the creditors you know, to see if uh, there's anything they can do for you to help deal with the debts. Um, you know, even if it means just asking them to stop chasing for payments while you try to resolve the issue with a supporting agency such as Debt Change or you know Citizens Advice Bureau, and ask them to stop adding interest and charges while you you do that. Then come to us, come to the bureau, and uh, you know we can help with contact with creditors, make you aware of any sort of grants or support that's available. Um, you know, help put together uh, financial statements, which will show what you actually have available to. Uh, sort of repay any debts and you know and uh, help with uh, repayment plans or creditor agreements or debt arrangement schemes there's a whole raft of things that um, many people can help with in regard to that so the worst thing to do is put your head in the sand then it becomes an issue and becomes a crisis and you're you know depending on your circumstances in danger get cut off or danger get evicted or the sheriff officers coming into the door best is deal with it early uh, rather than uh, leave it to that sort of uh, crisis stage uh, if, if, if possible. Yeah, that would be my advice. Yeah, because it wouldn't just be a financial crisis. It, it, you're right, it, it's housing. It could, even your health. I mean, that you know, yeah. if, if you're under all that stress because you're, you're in debt, then that's going to affect your health as well. So the sooner you can just somehow, sometimes just saying to someone, I'm struggling, helps you to start thinking more positively about what steps you can take. Mm-hmm. So I would I would thoroughly recommend anyone. Yes, I agree completely, Ian. That don't bury your head. Try and get help as as early as possible. 
So thank you very much for, for everything. Um, before you go, I have one last question, which I have just started asking anyone who comes on our podcast, um, which is just a fun bit to end with. So right, it's not a hard question. <laughs> it's not a hard question. <laughs> well, hope, hopefully it's not a hard question anyway. Okay. I was about to panic there. I was, going to, I was about to have communication problems here. Anyway, so the question is... Quite simply, what is your favourite flavour of ice cream? Favourite flavour of ice cream? Oh, I'm, I'm quite boring, really. I would say vanilla. It's as simple as that. And how do you, is that in a tub? Is that in a cone? Is that in a bowl? <laughs> oh, definitely, de definitely a cone. Definitely a cone with, with a flake in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Um, see, it wasn't hard. So. Right. So thank you, Ian. And as, as I say, I'll, I'll put the contact details for Citizen Advice and some of the other things that Ian has mentioned. The Turn to Us website is really useful. And it has actually, as well as information about benefits, there's information about grants that you might be entitled to. You can kind of put in your specifics. So I was a shop worker or something like that, and it'll help you find anything that's particular to that. So that all that information will be in the show notes. Um, or if you don't see the show notes you can just contact cab i'll actually shall i say it's i'll tell the phone number i'll put it in now so the phone number for citizens advice in eastern barnshire is 0141 775 3220 so that's there but there'll be more information in the show notes so thank you everybody for listening um, our next podcast will be one in our office banter series um, where we just get staff to come along and chat about a topic uh, we still don't have a topic Halloween has been suggested but if any of our listeners have any ideas as to what else we could talk about that they'd like to hear us spout about basically because that's what we do please do get in touch and let us know so thank you very much for listening and goodbye <laughs>